Now they changed the guideline to sugar sweetened beverages. And they changed the guideline about processed meats to limit as opposed to avoid, which is what it was in 07. And I was on a webinar with those folks and I said, why did you change those two things? Because the French have done a study that the French mainly consume fruit juice when they're not drinking red wine and fruit juice consumption increases the risk of cancer 14%. So I said, why did you change it from sugary drinks to sugar sweetened? And why did you change from avoid processed meats to limit? And they said, because we wanted to have people meet us halfway. But I think that's promoting unnecessary cancers. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, this next question I'm very interested in based on all of your experience. Um, and the question is, and I ask this scientifically as it's possible to answer this, is does the power of mind, positive thinking, visualizations, prayer and love really have an impact on preventing or healing a disease or do people just say that to feel good? It's a great question. Um, now I will say again, my scope of practice is nutrition, but as a cancer patient and thriver myself, I can tell you that the power of positive thinking and love and healing and all that plays a powerful role. And those, um, our psychological health and mental health actually plays a huge role in our physical health as well. When we're talking about cortisol and insulin and all those things, they're directly related to each other. Um, and I can tell you from, you know, one of the biggest things that I focused on in my own journey really is my mental health. Um, and, um, how I focus on, you know, controlling how I respond to different stressors in my life and those toxic relationships that we've talked about. Um, now, you know, so personally I can relate to that, but also as a, as a dietitian that has worked with hundreds, if not, you know, thousands of cancer patients, that positive, powerful thinking, um, always seem to play a really great benefit and have the better outcomes, improve quality of life, reduce side effects, reduce hospitalizations of people that are going through treatment and beyond treatment. So I absolutely think that people don't just say it just for fun. I think there is apps and there's definitely research behind it too. Um, and I think that that's something that we should all focus on a little bit more because that's something that's also not talked about enough. Also agree. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not just the positive thinking, right? It's the, the positive thinking is uh, it's there's a cascade of benefits that come when you start paying attention to how you think, right? When you start choosing to think positively instead of negatively, when you start practicing gratitude instead of wallowing in self-pity, right? When you catch yourself being critical and judgmental and you just say, I'm stopping, I'm going to stop doing that, right? And you choose to believe the best about people. When you develop those habits, those good mental habits, then you also develop good physical habits, right? So the good physical habits come from that belief that you can get well. So like what I talk about in, in my books is what I call the beat cancer mindset. And the, the number one component, the foundation of that is believing that healing is possible, right? That's uh, having a positive outlook, right? That's if you believe that healing is possible, then the next logical step is a person is going to be like, okay, what do I need to do to help myself heal? And from there, then they start taking action, right? Then they start changing their diet and they start exercising and they start, you know, taking supplements or whatever. They're doing all kinds of stuff, right? To help themselves. So, so yeah, it isn't just the, like, I'm thinking positively. It's the thoughts that turn into positive actions. 
So yeah, healing is possible even when curing is not, is something that we say a lot in integrative oncology, and that, that's key. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that stress I don't think is good for anybody. Uh, it's adrenaline, which kills your lymphocytes, and cortisol, a steroid hormone, which is immune suppressant. They've done studies in women with ovarian cancer who have social isolation and depression and found that their tumors actually have increased expression of vascular endothelial growth factor, which allows new blood vessels to form to feed the cancer. They did a similar study in 42 patients with aggressive head and neck cancer and found that those patients who had increased expression of the vascular endothelial growth factor were more distressed and socially isolated, and they had a threefold greater risk of death. Now, is the vascular endothelial growth factor a marker for depression or are the people depressed because they have increased vascular endothelial growth factor? I don't know which came first, but there is some evidence that, you know, our psyche can certainly affect our physiology, even of our tumors. Okay, thank you. Um what about, I don't know if this is, the question is sunlight. I consider sunlight a very positive thing, but there have been times in my life when I've heard that sunlight causes cancer. Um, I'm in the sun a lot. What can you tell us about sunlight? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind for me when it, we talk about sunlight is I agree that there are positive benefits and also potentially negative benefits. And that negative benefit really is related to um, skin damage, DNA damage that can lead to um, a, a cancer, specifically when we're talking a little cancer, for example. Um, however, also, you know, having that exposure to the sunlight so that we can create vitamin D, um, which Donald talked about before, that is so important when we see that there are levels of vitamin D are inadequate. We see higher risk of colorectal cancers, breast cancers, depression, anxiety, et cetera. There's a lot more things that come with it. Um, so the way that I talk about it with my own clients and the personal approach that I take has a lot to do like with this balance, right? getting outside, exploring nature, um, having sunlight exposure is all really important things for our overall health. We also want to be mindful about skin protection. Um, I have very fair skin and I burn really easily. Um, so I'm much more at greater risk for like that skin damage. Um, so I think those are important considerations to be had. And then also when it comes to um, sun exposure, light exposure, and when it comes to melatonin, right? We also see that when we have that light exposure during the day and that daylight exposure during the day, it reduces our melatonin, but it can help improve the melatonin production at night for more restorative sleep, which is plays a huge role in disease prevention as well. Um, so I think that it's definitely both um, sides of the coin and we have to approach that um, with the right sun protection in order to achieve the benefits and reduce our risk of the damage as well. Thank you. I love the sunshine. I think it's awesome. It's wonderful. Obviously, it produces vitamin D in your body, the most, arguably the most important anti-cancer vitamin slash hormone. Um, but yeah, the sun will burn you. <laughs> like it will, it will hurt you if you're in it too long. <laughs> so I, I again agree. Uh, I think daily sunshine is is a very very important part of health. And supplementing with vitamin D in winter months where you can't get good sunshine, super important as well. And uh, so this, you know, I try to get in the sunshine every day, um, but I don't like being sunburned. And so I, you know, try to get maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And if it's super hot, I'll go out in the morning and the evening and try to avoid midday sun. You know, at the beach, I sit under an umbrella. Sometimes I wear a rash guard, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I think it's well appreciated that sun can cause cancer, but they're skin cancers. And we oncologists don't even count those really as cancer unless it's melanoma, because basal cells and squamous cells can be managed quite easily with a little surgical procedure. I've had two basal cells removed myself because I don't know if you can see, but I, I do like the sun. I just came back from chasing a solar eclipse in Australia. So that's why I have a little more sun than I should have this season because I was at the end of their summer just now. Uh, but it does cause, uh, you know, basal cell, squamous cell and uh, exposure during youth is, leads probably to increased risk of melanoma, which is uh, a real cancer and a lot more aggressive than the other two. But uh, with our new immunotherapies and also targeted therapies, we've done better at, at treating that. Uh, people over the age of 50, uh, overweight and more pigmented tend to be prone to vitamin D deficiency. Uh, we just don't make it from the sun anymore as well as we used to once we're over 50. So uh, even if you go outside for 20 minutes or so a day, uh, you're still going to be at risk for vitamin D deficiency if you're old or overweight or obese or more heavily pigmented. Mm -hmm.